9.38. It is time for Bob's Wire. It's good to have you back, Bob. Yeah, good to be back, although it was lovely to have a bit of a break from the office, <laughs> from the job. <laughs> and a break from news as well? Oh, Does that I come? really, I, I did my level best. I mean, it was hard because of the taxi strike and... I, but, you know, just because I always, you know, you do want to know what's going on, but I really, really try to cop, op, opt out of it. Yeah. I just, I just gets you. too much for me. Sometimes just a day without news is no, such a... No, I... Sure. Oh, the sun I is really, shining even if it's storming outside. Oh, and the weather <laughs> yesterday, well, the last few days has been just glorious, which... Just was wonderful. Yeah, no, lucky you. You ch- you choose them well. Oh, I do. Maybe I should consult with you before choosing my <laughs> dates next time. What have you got for us today? Well, you know, this first story is um, it's about a subculture that they call rooftopping. Um, it's grown in popularity with the rise of social media platforms like Instagram and TikTok. What people are saying is it's been going on for a lot longer than that. But now that there's a platform to share the images of people who climb often illegally, to the very top of skyscrapers and other kinds of structures, take these incredible photographs from these rooftop perspectives, these bird's eye view, um, is now being shared and growing on these social media platforms. But it's something that has been going on for a long time. And a lot of the original rooftoppers, it was a sort of subculture. It was an underground movement, if you will, um, of people that do it more out of the risk, out of the, some of them purely out of the sheer amazing photographs that they took, various reasons. Not everyone's in agreement on whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, or if it's dangerous. But about a week ago, just over a week ago, a 30-year-old French photographer plunged 68 floors to his death um, in one of these um, in one of these um, escapades. And um, and actually, I was reading that about um, a couple of months ago, a Canadian young man also fell to his death, and his parents have come out and spoken about the dangers around this. And I think it's just for me. It's so interesting because you and I have discussed on this segment a few times where people have been taking selfies and they've fallen and they've died. Um, I know there was a couple that once leant over some wall. I think it was in the south of France or, or Italy and they fell. And it's that thing of well, the advent of social media, you know, is a like worth your life? Yeah. And this rooftopping is just very interesting to me because it wasn't actually how it originally began. I mean, this seems to be a movement that's been going on for quite a long time. And, um, you know, it's a whole lot of things that go into it. I mean, some people climb from the very bottom right to the top. Other people, and this is one of the things, is people are actually illegally accessing these kinds of spaces at the top of buildings. I mean, would you do that? I mean, I'm just sorry. Sorry. Um Amy was talking to my ear, but she didn't complete the sentence. She said, rooftopping sounds so wrong. <laughs> and I, and I'm, I'm, oh, yes. I'm trying to understand yes, I, the mind. I think there's another meaning there. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're going to just stick to the actual tops of roofs. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Um, but it's interesting because um, so some years ago there was actually, because when I was reading about this today, I got into this thing, this uh, Russian Instagram influencer who has like millions of followers, so a few years ago, she actually dangled, they call it dangling, she dangled from this thousand foot high Dubai skyscraper to get that perfect shot. Ah. She literally was holding onto the hands of someone and like hanging over the side of this building, you know, like in a movie. And, you know, it went viral, but she actually was, um, she actually got into a lot of trouble with the police over it. And... Uh, yeah, but, you know, kind of continues to do it and uh, has lots of followers and fans. I don't know. I just 
please don't do this at home, is yeah. what I'm saying. Well, the, the trend has been coming through, and it's been coming through the past couple of years. Those crazy young kids in the America, those boys, that are kind of rough it up, that shoot each other. It, there's um, so many pranks. things that are happening. You know, why? And for it's likes. all for the likes. That's what I'm saying. Is your life worth a like? Yeah, so there's a bit of a fad there. And so it's I just wanted to mention it because I hadn't actually heard of the term and the sort of subculture around this. And, uh, you know, the thing is, because, you know, there was a time when you didn't have that easy access to these kinds of imagery. Now with Instagram and TikTok, et cetera, it, people want to be famous. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about it a number of and times. And it's so fleeting. To what end? I but mean, is so this really what you fleeting. want to – is this is this your great – Do you get your kicks out of 3,000 likes? You That's a cheap – Kick. Well, some of them get millions. That's a cheap kick. And also, like, where is this getting you in life? Surely there's more to your life than, than your oh, likes oh, online. And we should talk it unabashedly. And I know they take issue with us. They say we're old fogey. I know. And that's fine. It's fine. We we understand this side. And maybe the reason why you can't understand our side is because there's so much peace in <laughs> In a slower world, there's so much time to breathe and to soak it up. And we've lived it. It's not as if we imagined it. We've, we've lived you know, it. And we want to urge that you maybe try some of that, just breathing. And, you know, interestingly enough, also what it harks back to is, you know, when you're studying sort of media and journalism or back, you know, in the old days, you know, that whole idea of a, of a photograph or a story being, you know, the danger of the way newspapers in the old days would put like a picture on the front of the newspaper with a story and it almost doesn't, it's not the, told the truth because a lot happened before and a lot happened afterwards. And that is part of what you learn in, in journalism, that there's got to be context, there's got to be an ongoing story and follow-up. Yeah. And in a way, what these younger folk are sort of obsessed with is this moment and actually, is that the full story? Because, do you know what I mean? So it's, it's about living in these kind of like instances, whereas I think that the that there's a continuum. Yeah, absolutely. If you that, know what I'm trying to say. No, no, absolutely, <laughs> about that moment that lasts forever. That's the moments that and we know about. And it's not entirely accurate because it's often like you look like you're sort of totally in control in that moment, maybe on that rooftop, but actually what we didn't see is afterwards you maybe slipped and fell and to your last death. Photo. I th also don't think we should tie everybody with the same brush. I see no. some gr great creativity coming Absolutely. through as well. Absolutely. And yeah. then I see some mindless activity coming exactly. through. Exactly. And I think I am talking suddenly about mindless activity, which yeah. dominates. And, 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 and actually, maybe there's a reason why it's not legal to climb into that like space at the top of like a certain skyscraper because it's dangerous. But now part of this is that you're doing it because that's part of your thrill. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Please. To the... What I find, it's not a newsy story, but I just find it absolutely incredible. And it came across my timelines of late. I don't know if you've thought about this lately, but these are the dogs of Chernobyl. You know, so since um, Chernobyl's terrible accident happened that in 1986, there's probably been what they say 15 generations since then, of the dogs that were left behind. And I know, like, I mean, I watched that documentary about Chernobyl. I mean, it's an incredible documentary to watch, um, series, sorry, about Chernobyl. The 120,000 people that were living in that area obviously were forced to evacuate at the time, and many had to, well, they abandoned their homes, and many had to leave behind their dogs and cats and, and other animals. And it's incredible that these animals live in a semi-feral existence in the ruins of Chernobyl, 
for all this time since 1986. But now it is so interesting. A new study has looked at, done some research on the DNA of these dogs, these generations of dogs that have survived. And they've said that their DNA has changed because they're living in the radi- a radiation zone. And um, it actually has some incredible, well, it has some very interesting um, insights. It's very early research, but it has some very interesting insights into all of us and what can happen after an incident like this and the populations of living beings living in a place where they've had ionizing radiation exposed to them for generations. And these dogs have actually mutated. Their DNA has mutated. And they're just such incredible articles and videos about the dogs of Chernobyl and all these years and generations later and um, how they've how they've adapted to this harsh environmental contam- contamination that they've been exposed to on a daily basis. And they've bred and they continue. And um, so I they're still very good boys. I know, and girls. Oh, and girls, boys, they are good boys. And they haven't got no human contact because researchers and other sort of people that go into the area for various reasons um, sometimes feed them a little bit. So they still have a bit of the… Sustenance. Dom- no, the domestic. No, they've learned to… They, they've survived. Or they learned to graze. Listen, I don't think Next that they have… Yeah, I think, and I did read this, I think they don't have the longest lives because obviously they prey to other animals. Um, this is a sort of semi-feral population of dogs. And there's something so fascinating about, as you said, these good boys. Very fascinating um, stuff. So if you want to go read about that, go and have a look. Um, the dogs of, of Chernobyl. Life um, of the nuclear. I don't even want to contemplate but that. But I never really thought at the time, you know, what whether anything would survive. And I know there are mutations on a lot of the animals that did survive. But just how these dogs, um, and I think they said they're 15 different um families of dogs if you know what i mean that originated there that have now you know and they do mix in and interbreed and uh well you know what they always say about dogs if they had to all interbreed completely now in the world you'd end up with the africanus uh you'd end up with that that very original africanus dog i'm probably getting the name wrong yes no it's which i just love those dogs you know with that sort of slightly cool tail and that sort of slightly shorter head because all dogs do stem from the same the same type of looking dog they say you know that came to the what the campfires of homo sapiens all those thousands of years ago looking for scraps and then were taken in by the humans who knew that these little chihuahuas in little coats now were al- are related to those wild I'm, dogs? I'm thinking the Adam and Eve. We've got to combine that into one. <laughs> the even of dogs. Adam, Eve, Ivam. Uh, uh, Ivam, uh, the Ivam of dogs. Okay, right. Now we've got to talk about Sixto. Everybody's talking about it. You know, I was going to play a little clip, but I know it's been played so many times that I thought we'd just talk about it. I, I suppose that what I'm going to say, you know, Sugar Man, I am one of those... I'm one of those people that, you know, when I was 17, 18 years old, you know, we had the tape of Cold Fact and Rodriguez was like a kind of a soundtrack of my early 20s. But I think what I thought I would just talk about is that 
You know, when I was at third degree, when I was an investigative journalist there doing those dockies, I actually, when the Finding Sugar, Searching for Sugar Man documentary came out, we decided to do a little story on it. And I actually went to the wilderness area to interview his daughter, Eva, who had settled in wilderness. Um, you know, she was the person that actually found a website back in the late 90s where she discovered that he was so famous in South Africa. Yeah. And then they'd arranged that tour in the late 90s. And she was actually touring with her dad and she got involved with a South African who was one of his security detail. And she's living in Iceland. Yeah, she had a child. I met her little boy at the time. I mean, the relationship ended, yeah. but she stayed here. She yeah. was actually a U.S. Air Force pilot. Yes. Um, so Eva. So I just thought I'd mention that it was actually such an interesting interview. I spent quite a few hours with her in at her home in Wilderness. Um, gonna, did, did she tell you how he charmed her? The security yes. guy. I mean, I said, I, Eva, come here. Well, Come you know, that's nice. No. Uh, I don't shame. It was it was actually a bit of a thing because he, okay. yeah, he. I don't think he treated her that well, and yeah. it all ended. And uh, she stayed in South Africa though. So he, uh, Rodriguez, came often. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah, to pack houses. He was and she away. was such a she was such a cool person. It was actually so cool. And, and when he was him. invited for his first show. Um, uh, he was like, what? I'm famous in South Africa. Yeah, uh, no, come in the on, 90s. We want to see you. And he said, sorry, I don't take candy from strangers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what are you luring me into? But thank you, Barbara. That's Bob's Wire. Look at the things trending on social media. Now, the voice of Roland Postma. You heard him via the telephone today. He's in the studio. It's good to have him in the studio. We're going to talk about cycling lanes. Um, should compliment. They cannot replace taxis. That conversation next.